0: And let me introduce to you the two award-winning sports journalists who will be speaking with Coach Beamer tonight. First of all, we have longtime Gamecock beat writer, David Kloniger. And veteran sports columnist, Gene Zapakoff.
1: All right. Um, I'm going to introduce Shane Beamer. He really doesn't need an introduction, but, but I would like to say that uh, Shane Beamer was born in the little town of Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, just to summarize his two years as head coach of the Gamecocks, two seasons ago, South Carolina upset Auburn, upset Florida, upset North Carolina in a bowl game, and uh, I think they dumped some mayonnaise on your head after that one, right, Shane? last last year knocked tennessee out of the college football playoff then the next week knocked clemson out of the college football playoff. played notre dame in a bowl game in florida in one of the most entertaining games of the college football season Pretty easy to say that in two years, Shane Beamer has overachieved twice. Shane, I'm going to start with uh, the questions I I heard you say today about the spring game Saturday night, that you're going to be kind of vanilla, vanilla. Um, After that, um, I I texted Mac Brown up at North Carolina, and he told me that he and his his entire staff plan to be there at Williams-Price. They're going to be disguised in garnet and black. And um, I know you don't really want to show anything, but, but for the average fan, knowing that you're going to be vanilla, Shane, seriously, what, what should they look for to kind of see something substantive about the Gamecocks going into next fall?
2: Yeah, uh, well, first of all, thanks to everyone for being out here this evening. This is awesome and, and great to be with you for sure. So appreciate you coming out. Uh, we will be vanilla. Um, you know, we were just, some a few minutes late because I was meeting with Dow Loggins and Clayton White, our two coordinators, just a little bit about the spring game. And, you know, we're all, as coaches, always trying to – See what other schools are doing. ACC Network was in Chapel Hill today, so I had that on in my office while I was watching the video from practice as well, talking about the things that were going on up in Chapel Hill. But uh, everything's on television. We watch other people's spring games just to get a feel for personnel and where people are lining up, our future opponents, uh, you know, who's, who's playing where and how do they look. Uh, But, you know, we may be vanilla, but we're still going to let our guys get out there and play. And certainly everyone that's going to be there on Saturday night can see our guys play, see our guys make plays. Our guys have worked really, really hard, not just during spring practice, but since we came back from that bowl game, Gene, in January with everything that we've done in the weight room in January and February and then the last two months of practice. So we want them to get out there and have fun in front of a crowd and uh, and let them go play. And vanilla meaning not showing everything. And then the other thing, too, is just doing – Simple stuff that our guys can go execute and play fast and, and, uh, and have fun out there.
3: Shane, you mentioned the other day about not wanting the guys to get complacent. You know, it's spring practice, there's a lot of distractions around, you know, have a few breaks every now and again. Do you find that's the byproduct that this team's had a little bit more success over the past couple of years, and that's why you maybe have to mention it a bit more, that complacency?
2: Yeah, um, you know, I mean, people. Two years ago at this time, David, people were not talking about us being a dark horse in the SEC East, and people weren't talking about, I saw the, my kids like to keep up with the bowl projections, and they saw one of the day they had us playing Ohio State in the Orange Bowl. And people weren't talking about that two years ago. They were talking about, can this team win three games? Uh, So certainly, it's a thin line between winning and losing. I uh, guess we had a fantastic finish to the season, but that night in Gainesville, Florida, in that home game against Missouri, that's not far from my mind either, uh, the way that we performed in those games. So it's its just we haven't arrived. We've got a ways to go. We're continuing to get better. Uh, certainly it's a byproduct of the success we've had, but really it's just always continuing to just keep competing and keep getting better because every opponent we're playing this year is doing the same. And it is such a thin line, especially in the SEC, in winning and losing. And uh, if all of a sudden we think we've got this thing figured out, that's when, um, you know, that's when you've, you, you're going to stumble. And there's so many examples in college football, college basketball this year, teams that thought they, the way the season was going to go, and it didn't go that way. So we just can't assume anything. Let's just worry about getting better and, and uh, continuing to stay hungry.
1: Shane, I think we all agree that uh, to carry on Joyner, wow, six years, he's going to go down as one of the fan favorites, best, most intriguing Gamecocks of all time. And, uh, you know, a credit to DK for for doing what he's done and being such a team guy and the versatility, but also for you guys uh, finding ways to use him. So now he's been playing a lot of running back, and from what you've said and the players and the assistant coaches, it's been looking pretty good. What would you say would be like you're projecting of maybe over, under amount of average carries for, for to carry on joiner coming up this season? Over. <laughs> and what would that number be then? <laughs> I
2: haven't gotten that far, Gene. We're trying to figure out what our team is going to look like and, and all that. But I will say this. It's uh, – Everyone, your readers, people of Charleston, Gamecocks everywhere—they know what kind of football player the Carry On Joiner is. And every time that guy's on the field, good things happen. Um, going back to before I even got here as the head coach, things that he did, and then since I've been here as well, the bowl game, uh, and then really, if you look, if you think back to the, what have been, I guess, the Tennessee game last year he had two rushing touchdowns in that game where we used him as a Wildcat quarterback. And one of them was down there where he just kind of lowered his shoulder and ran through a linebacker from Tennessee. And the other one where it was a little zone read, and he pulled it over there by the student section and made a guy miss and scored a touchdown. So he showed natural running ability on those plays. And uh, really this spring it started out as – we only have two scholarship running backs in our program right now, and only one of those two has actually played in a game at this level, and that's Juju McDowell. So it started out as a conversation with to carry on, come over here, let's get some reps at running back. The more you can do, the better, and we'll see where it goes. But he's been very, very natural um, at running the football. Now, he's not going to get away. We still have depth issues at receiver, and he, we know what he can do as a quarterback. But he's very natural at running back when, when a running back becomes a running back you worry about pass protection having to pick up blitzing linebackers and all that he's been fantastic at that this spring uh he's a smart young man and it just gives us another way to get him on the field um at, at all times so been impressed with him and and all those running backs as well but he's really he's done a He's done a really good job there this spring, and, and uh, not that that's necessarily going to be his 100% permanent home because we want to find ways to get him the ball in other, way, other ways. But he's uh, – he, it may not be home, but he's definitely got a, a room in this house for sure. So that, does that mean you're going
3: to be running the wishbone a <laughs> lot well, next year? When- you got that Oklahoma kind of in you. I do have a little bit of Oklahoma.
2: I don't have that Barry Switzer (laughs) (laughs) Oklahoma in me, though. I've got that Lincoln-Riley air raid in me. But I don't know if you'll see Wishbone, but we did a lot of uh, old-school football last year and set a record for how many times we just ran the old fullback belly play last year.
3: I mean, Shane, uh, Saturday's not only the spring game, but it's also the start of the next uh, transfer portal window opening, and I believe you'll have uh, 15 days or two weeks. I know you guys are always looking at it, but going into it this year, you mentioned the depth of running back. Are there a couple of positions that you've targeted that says we've got to get these right away
2: yeah you know i think that goes back david to even in recruiting last december the uh, areas you're always thinking a year ahead from a recruiting standpoint personnel standpoint so if you came in our staff meeting room in our football facility we have our current roster for the 2023 season. And then we also have a depth chart board of what our 2024 roster we expect to look like as well. So you're always thinking ahead. And we knew some areas that we were going to be thin at um, this, this uh, going into the 23 season, that that was a priority for us in recruiting. Some of those areas, we, we feel like we did what we needed to do from a, from a recruiting standpoint to solidify those positions. Other positions we didn't, and then uh, in recruiting, and then we we added some pieces in the transfer portal after uh, after the, the season. But we're not done. You know, if the season started today, I'd be fine. You know, with who we have, knowing who we have coming in as true freshmen. But we also have my job as the head coach, and I told you guys in the media today is always to do what's best for the South Carolina football program. And if I have an opportunity to make our team better and increase the competition and increase the depth and bring in somebody that fits our culture, then we'll certainly look into, look into doing that. But you know, and a lot of it is you got to remind yourself like right now we're practicing without Mo Cabba At linebacker. Right now we're practicing without Tonka Hemingway on the defensive line because he's recovering from an injury and Clayton was just in my office and I was talking about the defensive line and he's like, no, forget we got Tonka coming back. I'm like, I know, I know, you know, you just forget about those things and then uh, 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 and whatnot. So, to answer a short – I know I've been rambling, but to answer your question, yes, I think there's certainly some areas we'll, we'll look at if an opportunity presents itself, and that's really just to increase the, the depth in the competition and then hope the rest of our guys continue to come along as well.
1: Shane, um, it's hard to keep up with all these little changes in recruiting rules, but you're not allowed to talk specifically about 2024 commitments yet, are you? I am not. Right. Okay. Well, um, that's too bad because – I, I know. I a, wish I could,
2: because there's a lot of great ones to talk about right I, now. I though. know a
1: couple of those guys, and I don't know how good of football players they are, but but I know they're really nice, fine young men. Yes. Um, but let's just hypothetically say that um, things are th- things are going pretty good for a certain school in their own state, and so my question is: is that kind of recruiting success contagious?
2: Yes, uh, I think that's a great point. There's there's uh there's no question. It goes back to I – mean, and I tell our players all the time in our own program, like the best recruiters we have are our own players. Like I can, If I'm recruiting you, Gene, and I'm telling you every all these great things about this program and what this program's about, but David's a player here at Carolina, and then you come on your visit and spend some time with David, and David says they are full of crap. None of that is how this has actually – this place is – you're probably not coming to South Carolina. you know. So it starts with our players and the energy that they create in recruiting with, with young men that we're recruiting. It goes back to so many of these guys that are committed to us right now were in williams Bryce Stadium when we beat Tennessee, and they were in williams Bryce Stadium for some, Texas A&M and all those great home wins last year, and they saw that atmosphere. That's contagious, that energy. And then when a guy commits – that just creates like this uh, momentum that we have going on right now. And knock on wood, we got got to keep it going. But we've got momentum. It's certainly contagious, and and a lot of it is the world is smaller, and the, all these kids they all know each other nowadays. And uh, I've said it before in a press conference. Uh, hypothetically speaking, a quarterback in Connecticut could have a great relationship with an offensive tackle right up the road from you in in uh, in Dorchester, you know, or. Uh, wide receiver in Greenville, South Carolina, or whatever it may be. They all know each other and, and uh, because of social media and things like that as well. So that certainly is, is contagious and, and uh, is taking place right now. And you nailed it. That's the thing that I'm most proud of is the young men that we're bringing into this program. They really are some great young men. The guys that are here right now that are freshmen that are going through spring practice – Awesome. Doing well academically, doing well on the field. And then the young men that are rec- committed to us right now, same thing. Great families, great representatives. will be great representatives of Carolina when they get here.
3: Shane, Dowell Loggins comes in. I'm sure he's got his ideas of what he wants his playbook to look like. I'm sure there's some plays that have returned from the previous that Spencer Rattler likes, Juice Wells likes, et cetera. As the head coach, and really knowing that this is kind of a blank canvas, are there plays that you come to him and say – we gotta have this in there. We gotta have this package in there. And does that translate over to Jody Wright, Montero Hardesty, all your other offensive coaches to say, Dowell, we can is it is it a group effort or is it Dowell saying we got the final call on this?
2: No, it's a it's a group effort. Um you know, when you wanna do what best fits your personnel and there may be things that Dowell wants to do or I wanna do or Clayton White wants to do that maybe just doesn't fit the personnel that we have uh, right now at Carolina. So you're always gonna do uh, what you want to accentuate the strengths of your own players. So you're always going to do what fits you the best. But absolutely, there's things that, you know, Dallas watched all of our plays from last year and the things that we did well, maybe things we didn't do well. And we'd be crazy not to, uh, for example, against Tennessee, we had third and forever and ran the same play twice for like third and forever conversions. Like we'd be crazy not to continue to run that scheme, which uh, we will. Uh, things like that continuing to build on the things from last year. There's things that certainly Dow has brought from Arkansas and other places that, that he wants to implement and we have. And then yes, there's been things that I've said that, you know, we did this really well last year and we need to continue to do this. And there's things that we've done in other places, whether it be Oklahoma or Georgia, places that I've coached and I've met with Dow early on and Went through some of those things, and hey, we did this. We did this well here at South Carolina. We never really got into this, but we did it at Oklahoma, and I think it's good. So you're always, you're always trying to um, uh, stay on the cutting edge, and you're always trying to do what best fits your 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 personnel, and that's uh, no different this year. But I do have the final say. Anything that we really, really that I really, really, really want, well, we can do. That's one of the benefits of being the head coach,
1: (laughs) Shane. (laughs) When it works. Since, since uh, the end of November, I mean, I've heard so many Gamecock fans just talk about Tennessee and Clemson in so many different ways. So the Tennessee game it, between, I know it didn't surprise you either of those games, but the Tennessee game, in fact, the difference between the spread going in and the final s- score going out is one of the greatest in SEC history. The Clemson game, in fact, is the greatest point spread upset in the history of the series on either side. But so, again, so many different ways you can unpack this. But I ask you, because you're down there in that swirl at Williams Bryce and at Death Valley, how would you just sort of compare and contrast what was going on for you in the minutes on the field after those two games? <laughs> um,
2: I did not know that about the points parade from the Clemson series. That's pretty, pretty cool. Um, wow. It's um, a great question. Um, Tennessee game, certainly uh, we were what a poor performance the week before, but coming in, into that game I did feel confident going into that game and honestly that was just such a blur because our quarterback played, everybody played amazing that night, but Spencer was out of his mind the way that he was throwing the football um, and it was just really fun to watch and then the way that you guys our crowd, the energy that you created in Williams-Brice Stadium that night was unbelievable and that was that was one of those it was you you you're always coaching you know how explosive Tennessee is offensively and you never feel safe with any lead against those guys but that was one that night that was um we were going to be hard to beat that night and that was evident pretty early on in that game so that was certainly stressful and fun uh and then Clemson was um ooh, that was another one because I know how important that game is to all of you and the people of this state. So that was one that we. I said it after the game. We we weren't just satisfied with winning one game against Tennessee. We wanted to do it again the next week against, against Clemson. And then we throw a pick six on the first series, and that's not how I kind of envisioned things going. And then we go down 14-0, and I'm like, well, this isn't really how I envisioned this thing going. But – that's the one that I'm most proud of, Gene, because we had lost to them however many years in a row it was, and we were – thank you. And I knew how much it was. I just didn't want to say it. Um, but then the go down 14-0 on the road, like that's what I'm so proud of is our guys like fought back from that against a really good team because human nature would have been, oh, man, we had a great win against Tennessee last week. It's just not our day. But well, we beat Tennessee, but not those guys. Like our crew came right back, competed – And what a football game that was. And then the emotions in the in the arena were good. Um, And then just the fourth quarter, it was like, how many times can we punt in the fourth quarter? Like every time, every time we got an opportunity to put this game away, they make a a great defense, they make a stop and we got to punt it back to them. And it got to the point, like, we can't keep punting the ball to these guys and keep giving them an opportunity to win this thing. And then, obviously, we made a great play on special teams and, and, uh, and ran the clock out. But that one was uh, that was just awesome because you didn't have a game the next week. You could enjoy that one for a little bit. And then just to know how important that was to Gamecocks everywhere, that was a, uh, both days were, were awesome and uh, equally, equally stressful but equally uh, jubilant when, you, when we were successful. Sticking on that same
3: topic, uh, Shane, uh, after one inning over at the softball field, that's a Clemson 0, South Carolina 2. So I definitely hope Beverly Smith's team will finish that one out.
2: Yeah, I was at the Masters last week, and all these Clemson fans, I mean, Clemson Gamecock fans, people were coming up to me and talking and all that, but had one Clemson fan came up and – she didn't really have much to say, but then at the end of it all, she could say was, "Well, we at least beat you in softball." Because she talked about all the team, all the sports that we didn't win. So hopefully, we can get this one tonight. And then she has nothing to say as I go forward.
3: Nothing to say, Shane. It's a rare thing to find a Clemson fan who didn't talk. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, with that Tennessee game, of course, we're always looking for in, in the media something had to change between Florida and Tennessee, just because you don't see that kind of a, of a 180. So what was it? Did somebody give a, a Tim Tebow-esque speech? Did you, somebody say, you know what, we're just going out next week, we're going to call whatever we want and it's going to work? What was the biggest thing that changed in that week?
2: Yeah, um, one, it, it, all the credit goes to our players and just their resiliency and their work ethic. And I would always tell you guys, I talk to you all on Sunday nights at 7 whatever time on that Sunday night teleconference, And then we have the Tuesday press conference, and I always would say it that no matter what had happened the day before on Saturday, our players came right back to work on Sunday nights, and they probably think I'm lying because I always get on that teleconference less than 24 hours after a win or a loss, and I talk about how energetic and spirited the practices that we practice on Sunday evenings, how energetic and spirited the practice was. And it really was after the Florida game. We went in there in, in, in our indoor facility and had a practice, and you would have thought it was for the Super Bowl, just the energy and the excitement and all that. So I knew our guys were a resilient bunch and that we'd have a great week of practice and be hungry. Um, <clears throat> I knew we weren't as bad as we looked against Florida as well. And I I know it was bad, but I knew we weren't that bad. And um, we coached like garbage. We We didn't play well that night, but when you – you know, when you get jumped on early like we did, and then you turn the ball over three straight possessions in the second half, was it three turnovers in like five plays or whatever we had, you know, the score is going to get out of whack a little bit. And then we had, not to make excuses, we had a flu bug the week before that week and had a bunch of guys. We just we weren't ourselves that night, and I knew we weren't as bad as we looked. And then really with Tennessee, all we talked about was, I knew we'd play hard, and all we talked about was, The way that Tennessee plays defense, they play a lot of man coverage, and our receivers and tight ends were going to be one-on-one all night. And our plan against them with Cam Smith and Darius Rush and our defensive backs is we were going to go play man-to-man coverage on their receivers – and really, we talk about competition all the time in our program. And that's what we talked about literally all week was just – it's going to be one-on-one plays to be made all over the field, you versus him, and we need to win our share. And uh, we, we won a lot more than our share that night as well. And then give credit to Spencer. Like, I didn't think against Florida he always – and Missouri especially didn't always give our receivers, and I've told him this, opportunities to go make plays where if it was one-on-one he was hesitant to throw it up. And against, against Tennessee that night – if it was a one-on-one play, he was throwing that ball up, and our guys were making plays, whether it be Josh Van or Jalen Brooks or, or A.B. or, or, or uh, uh, Juice or whoever it might be. So that was really it. I wish I could tell you there was some rah-rah Newt Rockney speech. It was, hey, life, there's adversity that happens in life, and it's about how you respond. And we came right back to work and put our head down and got better that week and, and uh, played really, really well in front of a, an amazing home crowd that night.
1: So, Shane, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, my son's a grad assistant in strength and conditioning for the college football national champions.
2: I did not know that. That's
1: right. The South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Okay. <laughs> Great
2: program. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh I Somebody uh, saw... Well, somebody was talking about North Dakota State the other day that I saw as well, and actually I played South Dakota State is blue, isn't that color? Blue. Yes, blue yep. and yellow. We played South Dakota when I was at Oklahoma, so that's awesome. Yep.
1: So, so what I wanted to ask you is, I know your your strength and conditioning staff is tremendous, and it's it's shown in what your guys have done on the field, and I know that you personally uh, get some tips and workout stuff from them. And seriously, I'm wondering. Because you probably are the best uh, conditioned SEC head coach out there. What, I mean, I guess you have to say Nick Saban for his age is pretty impressive. But, yeah. but no, really, um, uh, what is your daily Shane Beamer's workout routine specifically?
2: <laughs> um, it's, it's not fun. It isn't. Um, yeah, there's... Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's in there every morning. I'm, I'm in there at 6 a.m. I'm a morning person, so I'm, I walk in the weight room each morning at 6 a.m. Today, really, if I'm in Columbia, I'm in the office by 6 just because I'm a morning person anyway. And um, uh, Chip Morton, who's our associate strength coach, works directly with Luke Day, Chip basically is like my personal trainer, and it started out when I first got hired here. I just asked Chip, hey, can you put together some workout programs for me to follow, and he's kind of taken that to the nth degree where he basically, he designs excuse my language, pure hell every single Saturday, every every single morning. So this morning was the, uh, it, was, today it was a combination of pushing sleds, pulling sleds, the, I don't know how many of you guys know the, the it's the worst invention ever, but it's, the bike that has like the pedal, the the handles, the airdyne bike or whatever you call it. It's like the worst thing ever made. We did that for a minute straight. How many calories can you burn in a minute? Did that three times. Um, it's a combination of everything. But it, in all honesty, it, it's uh, it's good for me in the mornings just to get in there and do that and clear my mind. And and Luke's, Luke's in there every morning, so it's a time for us to kind of, you know, talk and – and bounce ideas off each other when I'm not, like, breathing heavily. During the season, we'll put on the uh, – if any of you are familiar with rucking, we'll put on, like, the ruck backpacks. And at 6 a.m. on Wednesday mornings, you can see us climbing the steps of the stadium on Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m., me, Luke, and Chip. But it is a good time where we're able to just kind of talk about the players and the program, and then also uh, good for me as well. So to answer your question – it, it it beats it uh every every day there's something different. And usually I walk in the weight room and I see what Chip has laid out and I wanna like turn and go back to my office and not and keep going in there, but I can't. And it's good I think for the players to see me in there sometimes too, even though they're breaking or bending me over and all that and, and whipping me.
3: Shane last two years, Jalen Foster,
2: Darius Rush, Nick and Maury. DQ
3: Smith, all guys that maybe were under the radar or freshmen, you didn't really know what they had and they turn in outstanding performances specifically with so many defensive backs being hurt for spring or kind of dinged up who's going to be the guy on Saturday that you're going to say, okay, that's the one we got to keep an eye on next season
2: yeah, that's a good question. Um we got a lot of guys that are working and right now you're right, we do have a lot of guys banged up. So a lot of the, we've got a bunch of true freshmen that are here right now that graduated high school early and are going through spring practice on offense and defense. And a lot of those guys are in are in the secondary and because there's some guys out right now, they're getting, you know, a ton of plays. We had a bless you. We had a 80-play 80 80-play 80 scrimmage today and I think Judge Collier, one of the incoming freshmen, and Jalen Kilgore. Out of out of the eighty plays, I think they played like fifty-five of them today. Where, for example, to compare that to, you know, Spencer or Spencer Rattler, I think Spencer played around twenty, you know, today, just uh, getting different guys work. So I don't I don't I don't know. You know, there's a bunch of the guys that are getting the reps right now. Isaiah Norris is getting a lot of work, and and Jalen Kilgore and. And, and Judge, like I said, nicky Emanwar, doing continuing to do a great job. D.Q. Smith, um, Landon Greer had an interception today in the practice. So it's uh, it's hard to say. We got practice Thursday and Friday, so hopefully we can keep everybody healthy. But You mentioned
3: Judge Collier. Where is he from?
2: Rock Hill. That's right, he is. Yes, sir. Rock Hill Judge is going to be a good player for us. It just he's so long, and you know nowadays in college athletics or college football and pro football, so many of the receivers they're, they're they got height and they got length and they're big bodies. Guys like Xavier Leggett and Alshon Jeffrey previously here. So the days of small defensive backs it's hard nowadays just because you don't have the length. But that's one thing Judge does have is length. Torian and I were just kidding about it. He was in our camp last summer and he got beat. He was doing like a one-on-one route or one-on-one coverage against a receiver in camp. And Judge, he'll tell you he was beat by probably four yards, but because his arms are so long, he was able to get his arm out and break the ball up when he was beat. And then the same thing happened in the scrimmage today. He made a play on uh, against Juice, as a matter of fact, and just his length allows him to affect a lot of balls so we're excited about him and he's he uh doing a great job of, of representing rock hill for you as well so
1: shane so much talk out there about sec you know future schedules with texas and oklahoma coming in and what it might look like with pods or you know no divisions permanent opponents and rotations and all that What do you think is going to happen and what do you want to happen as far as South Carolina goes with regard to permanent opponents?
3: You can't say off the record before this.
2: (laughs) There's no off the record. Um, I think it'll be a nine game schedule, nine game conference schedule is what I think it will be. Nobody has, has told me that, but that's just kind of reading the tea leaves. I think that's the direction that it's going. Um, And you know I wish i- could, I'm going to give you the politically correct answer of whatever they tell us to do I'll play there's I see the benefits in nine games I see the benefits in eight games we're not we're the only team in the conference that plays already eight conference games, and whether you want to admit it or not our in state rivals a perennial you know top ten program right now as well there's other other teams in this league that that don't that don't have that, but I look at it as we get to play Clemson every year, and then we get to play a nine-game schedule if that's the way that it works out. But we do have to be smart from a future scheduling standpoint, too. Uh, We want to play against the best and and compete against the best, but uh, you got to be smart about, you know, who else you're playing out of conference and things like that. But that's the direction I I see this thing going.
1: Uh, uh, Scheduling-wise, I want to remind you of something that you just reminded me of, Two years ago, right around now, we we did this, and you know you hadn't coached a game yet. And you, I said, "Wow, Shane, you know, all these schools around you are are so good right now, and the rivals." And you said, you know, "We get to play Clemson, we get to play Florida, we get to play Tennessee, yeah. Georgia." You know, Mac had it going in North Carolina. Since then, you've beaten Florida, Tennessee, Clemson, North Carolina. Go ahead, Liz. Really nice. Come on, Liz.
2: <laughs> no, I appreciate you saying that. And I do feel that way. As a competitor, you want to comp- you want to play against the best. And opening up against North Carolina this year, no disrespect to Eastern Illinois or or Georgia State, but there's going to be a lot more excitement with our team. They were already excited about game 1, don't get me wrong, but playing a team like North Carolina, I mean, we start The season and in the season with the two teams in the ACC that played for the ACC championship game last year not to mention the defending national champion two weeks after North Carolina so um, if you don't want to compete against the best this isn't the place for you Uh, and we've been very fortunate and and, and excited about what we have done here in two years but um, you know I'm I'm, uh, well I know uh, there's a lot of people that want a nine-game conference schedule, TV networks. Uh, they have a lot more say than I do in what we, who we play uh, and what we get. And, and even officials, you know, I know SEC officials, they would probably prefer more conference games because it's tough early se- early in the season when you're playing so many non-conference games to fill out crews each week. You know, at least if it's, for, if it's SEC on SEC more often, you've got, what, seven games or eight with the new teams coming in eight crews you have to worry about, as opposed to on a Saturday, if it's a bunch of non-conference games, John McDade, our head of officials, he may have to come up with, you know, 12, 13, 14 crews, depending on who's doing the game.
3: Shane, a two-parter
2: really for you. With
3: um, uh, scheduling, SEC spring meetings are coming up. Do you anticipate a final decision being made, like with a vote at that meeting and then released?
2: I would think so, David. Now, I don't know any – nobody's told me that, but when we were in Destin last year for SEC meetings right after Memorial Day, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the schedules, uh, the head coaches in our room, with and then with Commissioner Sankey, all the head coaches, and then the, your athletic director, so myself and Coach Tanner in a room with all the head coaches and ADs at the other schools. And that was a very thorough meeting on – Uh, the schedule and format, so I really thought something was going to come out of Destin last year, and it didn't, so I I know Commissioner Sankey has sort of alluded to that. I would be shocked if we didn't have more more clarity. Now, we had an SEC head coaches meeting in Birmingham in February, and we didn't talk about scheduling at all, so I would imagine it'll be a big topic of discussion in Destin uh, next month.
3: And then switching gears, when Steve
2: Spurrier came in, one of the things he did was take a tour around the
3: locker room, Williams-Price, saw a lot of the beat Clemson signs, those kind of things, and he took them down. Mm-hmm. said, you know, look, every game's important, that kind of thing. Since then, when you came in, did you have your own thing that you wanted to take down or put up? Like what are some of the saying signs, or if you have any that you wanted to install right there so all the kids could see it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um We took down, probably the biggest thing that we took down, and we added a lot of stuff and maybe walls where there weren't things before, we added stuff there. I don't want to put something on the wall unless I think it has a lot of meaning and and has an impact. So we've certainly added some things. The one thing that I took down or we took down was previously in our indoor, uh, right in there, it's by the main entrance right now, there's the sign of it's it's all the, uh, all the, Right now it's all the players, and uh, it's, I think it says, it's, it's the above all else and love is on there now. Previously that was a sign that Sid is basically goals, and it was beat the East win the and win the state, and I hated it. And it's not knocking anybody that came before me, but I told the players, like, I don't uh, – we have more goals than that. What are we saying, that we don't care about winning the games against the West? Um, I mean, so – or the non-conference teams that we're playing. So we did take that down, updated some stuff. Uh, But to go back to the original point of the question, we don't – we know how important the game at the end of the season is, and we really don't talk about it other than that week. And I'll be the first to admit, my first year, I probably, the week of the game against Clemson, probably built it up even more than I needed to. And I, our players did, certainly didn't perform well. Two years ago against Clemson, we were coming off a great win over Auburn, and there was a lot of excitement and confidence, and we did not play well in williams Bryce that night. And I probably made it even bigger than it needed to be. And this year we really, you know, we didn't – I mean – I don't have to motivate our guys to get ready to play Clemson. But we didn't talk about it any more than we did Tennessee the week before or or, uh, uh, um, whoever, Georgia State earlier in the season. Just prepare, and it's not so much about the opponent, it's about us, and and that's kind of how we do things.
1: Shane, I know you still have a few more days of practice in the spring game Saturday night, but um, so far, who have – what players have been some of the more pleasant surprises of the spring, either new guys or veterans that have sort of stepped up?
2: Uh, I would say all of the new guys, and I'm not trying to like be, give you the easy answer, but I really am excited about all of our – and when I say new guys, I mean the new incoming freshmen, which we've got a bunch of those guys. I've really been impressed with them and what they've done so far. And then I'm also talking about the transfers that we've brought in excuse me, as well. Uh, I, like, I like all those guys you know on the offensive line, Nick Gargiulo transferred here from Yale uh, at Yale. You only have one captain of the football team every year. We have multiple captains here we, we vote for four, and most schools do Yale you vote for one captain, and Nick was the captain of the Yale football team, which is pretty strong um, and He's done a great job. A guy that we brought in on the offensive line that nobody was really talking about was a transfer from uh, Western Illinois, Sydney Fugar, and I've been really impressed with Sydney. He's he's played both sides. He's played left tackle, he's played right tackle, he can play guard. Really excited about those guys, the transfer tight ends we've brought in. Um, you know, it's it's uh, uh really p- pleased with all of those guys. And then as far as returning returning guys, I think everyone's kind of picked up where they Picked up where they left off going back to last season. Um, uh, you know, defensively, uh, Stone Blanton's a guy that was a freshman last year that's really done a nice job at linebacker along with Debo Williams. Both those guys have done a really good job. O'Donnell, at defensive back, I think has grown up and matured a lot on and off the field. He's uh, obviously played really well in the bowl game against Notre Dame, and he's only – uh, use that to make himself even better. He's had a really good spring. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm pleased with a lot of those guys. Juju McDowell, uh, he's he's really our running back right now, and Juju's done a, a great job. Yep, I love Juju. You can clap for Juju. Juju's done a great job at running back and special teams. Like he he's been fantastic. So really excited about his energy that he brings to practice each and every day. Uh, d q Smith on defense i won't necessarily say surprise but he Clayton and I were just talking about it he the, he's the guy on defense that you you hear him all the time talking and and motivating and and doing a great job communicating and leading so it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of young players that I just named and, and that 's what i'm excited about too we, we've got some obviously older guys that are have been great players for us but We've got some. We got a lot of freshmen and sophomores that we're going to count on this this season to uh, to play for us, and and they're off to a good start. Oh, thank you.
3: Also, Shane, um, I'm going to go ahead and get a, a head start on a week's worth of call or a season's worth of call-in shows to ask about the tight ends. <laughs> um, you know, you lost four, and all four of those guys are versatile. They can all do everything. I mean, Nate Atkins caught a home run ball the other day at the baseball game. If y'all didn't see that, Just, did he? Yeah, I adding, adding a another thing me. that he that he can yeah. do. That's but, all. Yeah. You brought in a, really a new class of guys, whether they're freshmen or transfers. How have you seen those guys happen or, or developing? And do they all have those same kind of versatile roles? Like Trey Knox can do this, Connor Cox can do this, Nick El- Elkstons can do this.
2: Yeah, I like the group we brought in at tight end. That's great to hear that about Nate. What a stud he is. And, and uh, I'm excited for him. I'm, I'm getting more and more uh, NFL teams that have reached out to me about Nate here in the last couple of weeks, the more they really dig into his tape and the things that he did for us last season. So I'm excited about his future. I really like this, this uh, tight end group that we have. You know, all those guys last year had unique skill sets that they were maybe really good at one or two things, but they had, I don't want to say deficiencies, but they had some areas that certainly weren't strengths. And these guys, I think, this overall group is maybe a little bit more, um, what, thorough, well-rounded, whatever you want to call it as a tight end. You look at Trey Knox from Arkansas, Josh Simon from Western Kentucky, Nick Elksness from Florida, all three of those guys, they look like tight ends. Some of our tight ends last year were just a little undersized, and you worried if they had to line up and block 270-pound defensive ends in the SEC, these guys, they, they, they can – they, they certainly they need to improve in a lot of areas but they can do everything they can run routes they can get open they can block they can catch they have a physicality in the run game that you need and then the true freshman uh as well excited about those guys also they're they're all tough and, and they're smart young men and it's a really good group We're 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 deeper at tight end than we were last year we have more depth all those guys i think will be good solid special teams players for us which that wasn't the case at all times last year and and uh, outside of Nate, and, and uh, really, I'm, I'm pumped up about this group. It's a good group of young men, and, and uh, I know there's going to be the inevitable, throw it to the tight end question as well. That's just part of it. Can't but, escape it. Yep, yeah, uh, and I get it. That's universal, but this is a group that certainly they've made, um, they've made a big impact this spring, uh, without a doubt, on and off the field.
1: Shane, I think Allison's going to take some questions from the folks here today.
2: We've got a couple more minutes left for Q&A, so anyone who has a question, please raise your hand and wait until I give you the mic. Uh, talk into the mic so everyone can hear you um, and keep it short so we can get as many questions in as we can. You wanna
3: hey, Coach, how's the running back from Newberry coming along, the guy who transferred in?
2: Yep, running back from Newberry. Uh, Mario is doing, doing well. He, uh, he had a couple of nice runs. We scrimmaged this morning. We gave the guys off last weekend for Easter, so normally we would have scrimmaged on Saturday. We scrimmaged today instead, and uh, he had a couple nice runs. He's doing a good job. Uh, Obviously, uh, he was a really, really productive player at Newberry and was highly decorated coming in here, and rightfully so, because he's a really good player. Uh, But he and Juju and DK are, without a doubt, our top three guys at that position right now, and uh, he needs to he'll be the first to tell you he needs to continue to get stronger and continue to get in great shape, and that's what the summertime's for, but really been pleased with just his want to and, and toughness since he got here. Shane, good evening. I was um, with you in Orangeburg last week at the FCA banquet. Yes. And Gene asked you about the impact of um, tonight about Dakarian Joyner. At the banquet last week, you mentioned about one of the cornerstones of your um, team is love. Mm-hmm. Could you share the story about to on at Texas A&M after the loss? Yeah. Over there. Yeah. No, thanks for asking. Um, no, I was, I spoke at an event in Orangeburg last year to raise money for uh, a fellowship of Christian athletes in that area. And, and was just talking about, you know, we, we use the word love in our program a lot. And, um, that, adversity happens and there's great teaching moments and great things that can come out of adversity coming off the Florida game, obviously, and then following it back up with Tennessee. But I was telling the story after, uh, it was basically in regards to our the culture in our program and the things we're doing in our program. And I told the story how after we played Texas A&M in 2021 and had a Really poor performance, particularly offensively, to say the least. Really in all three phases. Gave up a tough punt return for a touchdown. Didn't do a great job defense. We were atrocious on offense. Um, you know, you're sitting there facing a two-and-a-half-hour flight home in the middle of the night. And uh, after a game, as soon as the game's over, obviously going there you talk to the team. And then I get the pleasure of going and visiting with David and Gene and having them ask me really nice questions and things like that after a loss like that. Uh, and then I go do post-game radio with Liz and Todd Ellis, and then I tape the coaches show that we show on Sundays with Todd Ellis, and so it's a lot after the game, so usually when I get back to the locker room, locker room's about empty, and they're waiting on me to shower, get dressed, and hop on the bus or the plane to head home, and that particular night against uh, A&M, it's year one, and, and we just had a really, really bad loss, you know, halfway through the season, and and you're certainly not questioning things, but you're, you're at a low point right there. And I'll never forget, as long as I coach, I was walking back with my wife. I was walking back towards the locker room, and Dakarion was walking out by himself. And he was going to walk by me, and I was just going to give him, you know, one of like the little bro handshakes and pat him on the back and, and all that. And I started to do that, and he grabbed me and stopped me. And he looked, looked at me right in the eye, and he said, stop. He goes, I just want to tell you, I love you and we're going to get this thing right. And that's all he said. But for that kid to tell me that in that moment, it was um, – oh, okay. because I think, one of the, I think of the original thought uh, we were talking about, you know, what a, a, an impact moment that stands out from that season. And, and that's that's like the moment of all the great moments against that we had in 2021. That moment stands out to me because it was just a great, you know, testament to the young men that we have in this program and uh, that we were doing – We were doing the right things and we were on the right track. And then we had an off week. We went right back to work the next night. Like I always tell these guys on Sunday night, and got better. And then came back and beat who was at Florida two weeks later as well. But you know that was a cool moment, and appreciate you bringing that up as well. Birthday week coming up for you. Is that what I saw? Happy early birthday celebration. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, coach. Yeah, we'll get it.
0: So, I was at the Tennessee game up in the nosebleeds, and it got so loud. So, could you talk to the players because it got so
2: loud? Not really. <laughs> so, thank you. But the good news is they, Tennessee couldn't communicate, you know, on the field uh, out there because it was so loud, and they have a hard time. They, if we have a hard time communicating, the opposing teams in Williams-Brice Stadium do as well. You saw that against Texas A&M, and they had so many false starts because of the noise that you guys created in the stands. No. So we need to get you better seats and down there closer for sure. But thank you for how loud you were yelling and screaming. Perfect. We got one more question on this side of the room, and then we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Want to I'll get you.
1: Hi. Um, I was wondering whose idea it was to film the parody of The Office scene.
2: <laughs> you like that, huh? Yeah. Uh, like all everything, Justin King or somebody on Justin King's um, team, they really don't... I've said this before, they really don't even tell me what I'm doing anymore before I get out there. So that day it was... Uh, Kim Fields, who's our uh, football operations assistant and, and our administrative assistant, she just put it on my calendar. You're filming a video with Justin King at whatever time. I had to meet with a recruit, so that recruit meeting, recruiting meeting went long. So I literally walked, came from my office, walked outside, and got out there to the street, and then they told me what I was doing. Um, so Justin and his team, it was uh, – That was the, we filmed it last, uh, when? Yeah, last Wednesday, where it was like 90 degrees here, or really, really hot. And I got that black sweatshirt on because I've been indoors all day. So it was hot. And then the problem was they needed it, they wanted the speedometer or the radar or whatever to be the exact number. So they wanted it to be like 13 exactly. And going back to those workouts, Gene, I kept like hitting 16 and 17 regularly on that thing. So that's where the spoof thing, if you saw that one that came out last night, because I couldn't get the speed right, and then we had to do, like, three different takes, one for the 31, 31, and then one for the 13, so I did, like, 12 sprints uh, filming the whole thing, yeah. Justin usually gets it done in about one take. This thing took, like, an hour and 15 minutes to do, We're finally, I don't get mad about much, but I told Justin, like, we need to figure out how to make this thing work, like, on this next take or you got to take all the material you have to that point but it, again it goes back to uh spotlighting the people we have in our program and, and the, the fun things that we're doing and 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 that's one thing i'm proud of is recruits and their families they always talk about how genuine and real we are as a staff and, and what you see is is um is what you get so did you have a question Okay. Is that okay? Sorry, I don't mean yeah. to hijack your show. I was about One to say last a, question. A, a, a dozen takes for that shape. Didn't right, you get Coach Soldier Beamer. Boy in two? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I need, I need something. Yeah. Most of those I've done. It was the physical exertion they got me. You remember Dick Sporting Goods. Yes, I know. Remember that. Yes, sir. Oh, oh. you're blocking the camera. Come on.
0: So, sorry, sorry. Anyways, I saw you at the Masters. Yep. How was that? Yeah. But also, I saw you yesterday at
2: Harbortown. Town? Yeah.
0: You shoot well.
2: played okay. Got to play down there in the anyways. Monday okay in <laughs> you know, the Monday Pro Am with Wesley Bryan. Had a good time, yes.
0: No, I just want to say we are in good hands with you, Coach. Thank you. Yes. I'm excited. I'm all in with you, Beamer. You and that. Thank you. you that Appreciate business. that. Yes. Yeah, so, yep. um, anyways, and you know it's my fortieth birthday next Monday, but yeah.
2: Happy early birthday. I'm
0: here, I'm here celebrating with you, but yeah. It was Love fun it. to see you with Marty Smith. Yep. The Masters and then playing with the Brian's brothers. Yep. So, no, yeah. that was cool. I, very I, I blessed. To, I want to kick off my birthday with you. That's why I'm here. Got it. Thank Go you, my Fox. man. Go Appreciate Cox. that. Go,
2: Cox. Happy early birthday. Well,
0: that's a great way to end this. Um, what a great night. Um, thank you for everyone for coming out. Thank you, Coach Beamer, for coming out. David, Gene, thanks for the great questions. Um first of all, you know, one of the things that we do have is this Gamecocks Now newsletter that David produces. David, tell us a little bit about if you do subscribe to Gamecocks now, what
3: do you get? Uh, pretty much a little bit of everything, Andy. It's kind of the uh, peek back behind the curtain of what goes on, a lot of my opinions about things, but some other things. The last one that came out yesterday had an eye women's basketball recruiting, if you're into that. So it's a two-week free trial. Just sign up at postandcourier.com slash now. Again, two-week free trial. And uh, if you don't like it, hey, you know, I, I get it. And, you know, feel free to write me an email about how badly you disagree because that's, uh,
0: that's the best part about it. Uh, Then your email box is going to get really, really full. No no um, surprise. and, And by the way, my wife keeps on saying 31 is my number. So that's, I that's, her, that's her new catchphrase. But in all
2: seriousness, as I have to interrupt you. These guys, and I know you read them, they, they do a great job. And uh, David obviously was doing a great job covering Carolina athletics when I was here as an assistant coach. And I've always had a lot of respect for him and the work that he does. And, and that hasn't changed since coming back as the head coach. And then same thing with, with uh, Gene as well and, and the work that he does for the Charleston paper and the, and the work and time they put in to covering sports here at Carolina and across the state as well.
0: Thank you, Coach. So thank you for the nice compliments. And don't forget, the best way to support what we do is to subscribe. Please visit postincourier.com for our latest offers. And to everyone here at the Liberty Tap Room in the Vista in Colombia, thank you very much for coming out. Thanks very much. Thank you.
2: Thank you.